This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? Man, uh, yeah, doing doing good. Doing good. It's uh, it's a crazy day. It is thoroughly crazy. <laughs> Just trying to, uh, man, getting ready for the podcast. Of course, ten minutes before I uh, go to my bag to pull my computer out, and um, my my computer's at home, so good I had to run home and uh, and go get it. And of course, when I go home, the dog <laughs> wants to go out, and the family wants to say hey, and it gets it gets complicated, you know. <laughs> but nah, man. man, we're back in the saddle, and uh, yeah, excited to excited to be here, man. What's going on with you? Oh man, it has been uh you know it, it's been a very um kind of an emotional time if I'm being honest. I you know I I mentioned I shared this with you yesterday and and I thought I'd I'd share it a little bit with my audience but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, my grandmother passed away uh yesterday morning. And you know it's interesting because <laughs> like I I was just talking to my mom the night before and we were talking about my grandmother. And we, we had thought, you know, she, she's been on hospice and, and honestly, we thought that she was going to go maybe a couple months ago. Like we were yeah. all like emotionally yeah. prepared. You know how that is. You go through the motions with a loved one who's kind of, yeah. you know, on the, on the tail end. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you emotionally process for what's to come. And then, you know, sometimes they bounce back and not only do they bounce back, but they bounce back hard and they're like, oh, OK, they're, they're still kicking. OK. All right. <laughs> <And so laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Which is which is a weird thing. But because uh, you're on the one hand you know, you're happy, but on the other hand, it's like, oh man, well, I, I just, I just went through this grieving process for this person who's alive, but obviously won't be for, for terribly long. It's, it's just this whole emotional thing. But yeah, anyway, uh, she, she was going so strong and, you know, they were sending pictures and, you know, honestly, man, it's been a blessing and y'all, I apologize. I know I'm getting us off on a tangent at the beginning of the show and I know a lot of y'all hate that. So I'll, I'll make this quick, but uh, <laughs> it's okay, man. Glad, glad to, glad to um, walk with you. It's a uh, it's a real blessing because because she was on hospice, they made a special exception for people that were on hospice at the uh, at her healthcare center. Oh, and good. so my dad over these last couple of, of weeks and I think I think almost about two months has actually been able to visit his mom, uh, which he would not have otherwise just because of you know the yeah. lockdowns and everything. And so they yeah. they were able to get some real special time at the end. Anyway, so it's just it's been a kind of an emotional time because you know my, my grandmother. Uh, with her death marks the end of that generation in my family. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, so she was the last one on that on that level, huh? Yeah. Like, um, both yeah. Uh, at this point, both my grandmothers have died. Both my grandfathers have died. Now my my yeah. step grandmother, who is basically my grandmother, I'm just, you know still alive and and doing very well. But in terms yeah. of like my my biological relatives of that era, that's that's an entire branch of the tree. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, that, that has run its course. When that happens, you know, you feel um, it, it's kind of this ominous deal where it's like, okay, well, they've they've left it to the next generation now. And, um, you know, that's, uh, I, I don't know, that makes you swallow kind of hard, you know. Yeah. But, um, man, I know this is a tender time for, for your family, but, um, man, it sounds like, you know, there at the end, every everybody was able to, you know, have some time with her or at least, you know, at least your father and folks were able to, to you know, make that a special moment. And, um, yeah, I know. I know it's difficult. I sure do. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because you know one of the things that we miss during this time is uh, is being able to see 
family and uh, you know it looks like we're going into a holiday season where that's going to be not very likely uh, on our end but you know the great thing is man we've got a beautiful family of listeners that tune in every single week and uh, man we, we gotta we gotta make mention we gotta give special attention to somebody because I don't know about you and I hope this is true of you as well so I'm not about to like <laughs> brag in front of your face I got an incredibly generous Christmas gift early Christmas gift from one of our listeners did, did you so also did I. okay so did I <laughs> <laughs> I sure did, man. It was kind of out of control. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, so long-time listeners know. I mean, like, you know, there's the great thing is, you know, this is yeah. obviously you, you tune in, you hear me and John David's voice every single week. But, you know, there's there's names that come up from time to time. And, you know, uh, we've got active listeners who, who are, are are engaged and have been engaged for quite some time. So, so you recognize uh, different names and characters over the course of this uh, this show, and of course, Mark V. A lot of nicknames, you know, <laughs> a lot of nicknames. And man, yep. Mark Mark VV has been one of our longtime listeners and just a a fervent supporter, and yeah. uh, and man, and just a good friend here. He 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 sent a package. It was it was really funny, man. I got a message <laughs> from Mark, and he's like, "Hey, did you get a package today?" And I was like, "Nope." He's like, "Okay, <laughs> are, are you sure?" And I was like, "Uh." Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I did. And he kind of messaged us like, okay, because I need to figure out. It says it was delivered and it's not a cheap package or something like that. <laughs> but uh, it's very important that we locate this package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, 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 no pressure or anything. But uh, if we could confirm this arrived where it was supposed to. Man, so I went out and, the, and typically they drop off the packages at the door. This one went into our mailbox, so I was able to find it. And man, there you go. I have found, and I mean, this is a gorgeous, gorgeous R door pipe. Uh, that that uh, Mark gifted me, and let me tell you, man, this this is a beautiful pipe. And on top of that, you know, it's got that acrylic, uh, you know, that green, just beautiful stem, nice silver yeah. band to it. Uh, man, yeah. beautiful pipe. I've I, you know, I've always wanted one of these pipes, <laughs> and, and like I could never, I could never quite bring myself to to put it over the edge. And man, I am I am thrilled, man. So big shout out to Mark. Uh, Man, no kidding. I and and I too, man. It was it was so precious. He uh he he you know sent us a a package here in Jackson as well, and uh, man opened it up, and it was also a beautiful ardor um, from his personal collection. And um, man, just so incredibly, obviously over the top generous. And I you know I actually don't have an ardor pipe. I've never smoked one. It's one of those uh, brands that has um has always been on my list. We occasionally carry ardors here at the Squire, but don't. Uh, you know, have a huge selection of them, but it, it's always a pipe that I'm like, man, those are handsome pipes, and I'd, I'd love to have one, and um, and and now I do, and it's from one of my closest friends, so <laughs> it's really, uh, just really special. So, um, anyway, man, all this to say, shout out to to Mark, thank you so much for your man, kind gift to us, and um, and just support over the years. We love you and your your young, growing family, and uh, man, you're you're part of our family. Yeah, man. Dude. Yeah, I know. Um, Mark, uh, Mark and I are in kind of the same. Uh, basket, uh, kind of a, a similar fraternity with our wives being active in, uh, in the healthcare industry yeah. during all this. So I know we've uh, had some shared experiences from that standpoint, being concerned for our families. And anyway, Mark, I just I want you to know, bro, yeah. I love you so much, and uh, this is this is huge. I can't wait to uh, to enjoy this. I'm I'm planning on uh, enjoying this on camera soon. I, I don't know exactly when. I, I need to do a a video <laughs> update anyway, and so it's always. Whenever, yeah. whenever I, I I have a little new something or another, I'm like, oh yes, this is a good reminder that I need to jump on on the old YouTube and uh, <laughs> and do a little talking ahead and 
Uh, maybe pack a little <laughs> tobacco in there and enjoy this bad boy. But, man, this is a gorgeous pipe. So, again, Mark, thank you so much. Uh, early Christmas gift received, yeah, sir. So sleep easy. <laughs> we found them all right. Uh, man, okay, so um, we got so much going on. A lot of uh, lot of things going on in, in the world of, uh, of pipes and of Country Squire Radio. You know, we've got our upcoming Best Of series. We've mentioned it the last couple episodes, so I won't go too, too deep into it. Suffice to say, we want your nominations for the best products and, and product makers of 2020. If you head over to CountrySquireRadio.com, you'll see a button there where you'll be able to click and nominate uh, your choices for the Best Of. We need those in by Christmas. Uh, so go ahead and uh, and head over there, do those, and uh, yeah, this is a great great time to do it. And as we mentioned, you know, the past several episodes as well, just real quickly, Bo, for a few of the categories, we're looking for products that debuted this year. So uh, accessory, artisan blend, uh, tinned tobacco, and the pipe. And the, the pipe is going to be like a series of pipes, like a new line that has come out or, or a new artisan pipe that uh, debuted as well. So, you know, something like that. But anyway, uh, you know, the rest of them, you can, you know, pick anybody. It, it, we like to mention that because every year, you know, it's like, hey, what's the best tin tobacco of 2020? And it's like, oh, well, you know, Dunhill Nightcap. And well, it you know, that debuted in that's 1850. Right, right. So <laughs> let, let's pick something, something a little more current. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, so look forward to getting those. And uh, we appreciate folks that have already participated in that. That's right, man. Well, hey, you know what? I know you have a crazy uh, cigar bar wedding story, but you know what? we'll have to save that I think for next week so we can go ahead and dive in. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, that's good. We uh, yeah, we had a had a um, interesting time. So it was uh, yeah, it was man. great. No, yeah, man. Nothing like a, just you know nothing like a great cigar bar at a cousin's wedding party in <laughs> uh, in Nowheresville, Mississippi. Can't wait to hear all about it, uh, man. Okay, so for, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, exactly. I'm just kidding. Kind of, <laughs> exactly. not really, man. We have got. <laughs> we have got an amazing show and we haven't even uh we were getting too crazy and we haven't even dived into the products here um this is a squire select ladies and gentlemen Ooh, I always absolutely and the last time we did a squire select it was kind of a different different type of squire select because i was in town and you know it was a it was a blast it was a lot of fun but man we're, we're going back to yeah. a little bit more of a classic now for those who have not uh, experienced Squire Select before, this is where we take a beverage, generally speaking, a, uh, a whiskey or, or brown water uh, type of beverage, and pair it up with a pipe tobacco. Now, we've done this with other things as well, but whiskeys are really kind of the bread and butter of this particular series. And man, we wanted to uh, up the ante a little bit here in the season of turkey by doing two <laughs> turkey-focused <laughs> bourbons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a pretty good. Have, have you ever actually been turkey hunting out of, out of curiosity? I've never have. I, you know, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I, I'm the world's worst. That's right, Mississippian. I, I, sh- I guess I should say I'm the, I'm Mississippi's well, worst. You, you and I both, right? I've we never, are the we are the worst ambassadors. I've, we've That's just right. never been hunting. I, you know, I've never been hunting in my life. I, you know, own plenty of firearms, very familiar with them, comfortable with them, but it just am not a hunter. And uh, you know, for whatever reason, just never never have gone. And so um, I've heard turkey hunting is. Uh, is hard. I've heard it's a lot of fun. It's like a chess match. You're sitting here, kind of, you know, trying to out outsmart this uh, this creature, and um, you know, it can be really, um, you know, frustrating because of the um, you know low margins for error and all that kind of stuff. But um, right. yeah, yeah, never neither, been. neither have I. Uh, the closest I have ever been to hunting man, I think, is I went beaver trapping with a judge one time. Uh, have I ever told you that story out of curiosity? <laughs> all right, well, that, that'll be another no. story for another time. But <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> We need to do that sometime. I, I don't know if our <laughs> listeners would allow it, man. But if they, <laughs> they probably we'll save it for episode four hundred. Yeah. But yeah, 
All right, but which one of these uh-huh. two beverages, uh, like I mentioned, we, we, these are uh, turkey-focused. They're both coming from the same distillery, and if that doesn't give you all the clues you need to put this together, yeah, uh, man, which one do you want to dive into first? Man, yeah, we, we're going to start today with uh, Wild Turkey Rare Breed. There um, it is. All right. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, let's just uh, let, go ahead and, uh, and open that one up. Yeah, we are featuring two... Uh, whiskeys today from the same distillery, and I'm, I'm excited about this. A lot of folks, you know, maybe if you're uh, if you're not super familiar with the bourbon scene, the whiskey scene, you you know, you see different names on the on the wall at your you know favorite package store, and um, you, you know, you may or may not know that you know some of these are related. Some of these brands have. Uh, either started out in the same distillery or, you know, are, are from the same group. Some of them have cannibalized each other, and so they're owned by a bunch of uh, the same people. And some of them started together and split off. And, you know, there's just all this uh, drama, as you would expect, from, um, you know, anything that has to do with lots and lots of alcohol. <laughs> so, uh, man, Wild Turkey is no, uh, no different, of course. They're a uh, fantastic distillery. Um, there in Kentucky, the uh, you know, wild, tick, wild turkey distillery, distillery. Um, man, just uh, obviously very storied. Um, you know, people rip on me all the time because basically the, just the normal wild turkey is like my favorite whiskey. I mean, I just I just love it. I love wild turkey bourbon, and I you know and 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 call me trashy. I'm no, guilty. No, I, no. I'm, just, I'm just. I'm just guilty. <laughs> no, no. You're, now, the, you're, what, you're. You're good, man. You, what are you talking nah, about? You, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, what we're talking about today is the is the rare breed, and so it's going to be a little, uh, you know, a, a little different uh, animal, <laughs> as it were, uh, than the normal wild turkey. But, um, you know, so they come out with, uh, you know, from this distillery, a lot of super premium stuff, and and also. Um, some stuff that's uh, you know a little more budget friendly. I, one thing that I like about Wild Turkey 101 is you know I can pick it up uh, next door at our uh, our friends at the liquor store for you know around 20 bucks and uh, very affordable. You know gets the job done for me. Has that really pleasant uh, bite to it. It's just incredibly um, you know flavorful and has uh, you know a nice. Uh, a nice nose on it that lets you know right out of the gate you're drinking something strong and um, and so what they've done is they've kind of doubled down on that with the with the rare breed uh, which is a, uh, a barrel proof uh, whiskey that they've come out with and have had out for for quite a while now but um, yeah you know it's funny we've, we've talked about wild turkey before never done the rare breed and then uh, and then similar on the on the next whiskey that we'll uh, that we'll talk about as well talked about an, another version of it but not not the one we're discussing today. So, Bo, do you want to maybe describe the the bottle and, and, and that kind of thing? Yeah, so it's a beautiful bottle. I'm actually about to uh, pop it open right here. Hang on. Oh, <laughs> I hope I didn't slosh the microphone Excellent right sound effect. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, man, you know, it's funny because you don't really think of, I, 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 for me, I don't, you, I'm not somebody who, when I hear wild turkey, I think of classy. But... Let me tell you something. The Wild Breed does have kind of that classy, kind of higher end type of kind of bottle feel to it. You know, packaging. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, you got kind of the wider uh, cork, kind of the wooden top to the cork and everything that kind of, you know, uh, makes it gives it a little bit more of something to pull on, so that you could get that really good poop that you just heard whenever you're you're popping yeah. it open. <laughs> um, you know, you've got the turkey in the background. You've got that rare breed and the uh, the gold branding as well. Uh, Jimmy Russell, who we're about to talk about more here in a minute with the next one. Uh, his signature is right there on it as the master dis- distiller. And, you know, one of the things that's right up front and center, center in your face, man, is this is 116.8 barrel proof. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, and they don't shy away from they do it, not. do they, Bo? I mean, it's like they want you to know, like, man, you, you're you're doing business when you drink this whiskey, <laughs> or you better you better not be doing too much business when you're drinking this whiskey, if you know. What I- <laughs> you better you better not be. It'll be it'll be shady business, but yeah, it, you know, it's it is one of those um, whiskeys. Of course, the Wild Turkey 101 uh, in a in a uh, world a wash of uh, twenty dollar whiskeys that are you know ninety proof. It was kind of always that. Uh, whiskey that you know uh, stood out above the rest you know it was uh, oh the the strong stuff reached for the wild turkey and um and and so you know they they you know continued that here with the rare breed it's uh uh you know very strong uh whiskey which we'll get to in a you know some tasting notes here uh shortly um you know but this is a uh, you know, quite a product. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, you know, I got I got to make mention of this, too. I mean, I know it's not <laughs> you, you want to talk about not shying away from it. There's no way you could shy away from this because the second that you pop open this bottle and take a little bit of a whiff, man, your nostrils get singed. You don't even need a <laughs> nose hair trimmer, man. You just need to, like, take a whiff of this. <laughs> It's strong, dude. It, it is. I mean, it, it is a very, um, you know, without tasting super medicinal, it, you know, you can smell it from the That's bottle. Right. I mean, just that it's, uh, you know, it, it's here to, uh, to, to get the job done, you know, <laughs> um, it, you know, barrel proof, uh, you know, whiskey here. And of course, uh, uncut, uh, with water, um, you know, and, and of course with the rare breed, they're actually pulling it from, you know, the top, uh, casks, the the middle casks, the bottom. I mean, it's just kind of all over the map as far as the quality goes. But they've almost like a scotch. You know, That's they've right. blended this with a very uh, a very thoughtful uh, you know combination of of uh, their their house bourbons in order to get this just right. And uh, and boy, do they nail it! it it's uh, it, it's it's really excellent. Kind of has just some interesting flavors that we'll talk about. But um, yeah, I I love this stuff. It's it's good. Um, you know, it, it's one of those. It doesn't have a description on the bottle, and you kind of you know really the only description you get is is the one sixteen point eight hmm. barrel proof. Um, you know that's on there, and 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 for me that's really all all you need because it's super strong, but it just touches a lot of different buttons you know it's pushing a lot of buttons for me which you know i think is uh just indicative of a very good whiskey well uh all right man so shall we uh shall we go ahead and dive in yes cheers (laughs) oh man okay so (laughs) isn't it fine it's so fine so going into this review again you love wild turkey this is this is known and as i've come to understand through kind of preparation for this episode there's a lot of bourbon lovers who actually have a lot of respect for wild turkey. There's, there's a like, you know, you, snobs yeah. turn up their nose like in public, but in private. Well, because it's called wild well, turkey. That's I mean, the problem. That's I mean, right. It, you know, it, it, and you know, it, 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 it is. Well, it's pre, pre-Matthew pre McConaughey, it had a bit of a feel, but now well, it's got <laughs> Matthew McConaughey to give it, I wouldn't say class per se, but, but not quite. Because it, it is, is Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. I mean, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Exactly. Hey, you ever had some right. uh, as wild dark as as that's pretty 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 good. Uh, no, he, he just lacks it. There's uh, the <laughs> no man. This is uh, no. You're right. It has it has that wild you know wild turkey. You think of kind of like you know like whatever anybody thinks of with um, right. You know Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky. I mean like you know there's yeah. you don't necessarily think of it as like a high end bourbon because it's not. Um, and you don't necessarily kind of have that, you know, uh, smoky leather bound, uh, le- leather chair with kind of the cigar resting there is, 
you're wearing like a suit and, and yeah. conducting you know business dealings of the you know five billion <laughs> give me your finest yeah wild exactly turkey. this is mm. this is not the picture <laughs> that comes to mind so i think that there is a snob especially like with uh you know more of kind of the millennial hipster which we are uh mindset that kind of does turn its nose up to wild turkey but here's the thing man like bourbon lovers true bourbon lovers in private when it's like only like the experts around there's a lot of like respect and praise that's given to wild turkey especially you know with with some of their you know diverse products like the ones that we're, we're diving into today now i will say this to the rare breed i did not expect it to be good because i am not uh, i wouldn't say i'm a snob but i'm also not a bourbon expert to the extent where i, I know to treat this with any kind of respect well, and also you don't particularly like the regular 101. So, you know, it, we you probably had an idea where, okay, well, this is probably better. It's probably, you know, more uh, sophisticated or stronger or something like that. But, you know, it, it, at the same time, you're thinking okay, it's, it's essentially the same product. And, um, you know, and, and what you're getting here is something that's a, that's a very different creature. Very different. <laughs> than yes. the Wild Turkey 101, yeah. And, 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 again, this is coming from someone that loves, uh, you know, regular Wild Turkey. But, um, yeah, a, a, a fantastic uh, whiskey. This one is here to do business. Again, again it is strength right out of the gate. Uh, lots of flavor right out of the gate. You have a, a, a semi-sweet uh, flavor here, but really the power of it uh, is very, very satisfying at first. It's not an overwhelming power, anything that's harsh or too uh, too sharp. It's just very warm mm, and pleasing mm-hmm. and, and well-rounded, um, you know, and, and, and I get lots of interesting notes from this. Uh, you know, some of the some of the folks have mentioned uh, even tasting things like uh, tobacco, uh, as they're as they're drinking wild turkey rare breed, um, you know there's a there's a citrus note to it, lots of baking spices, nutmeg, allspice um, that you get here, and it, it really uh, it, it's a wintertime whiskey. It, it's a it's a good you know cold weather whiskey, something to uh, to kind of warm you up and and let you know that you're drinking something very savory and um, yeah. I, 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 I like it. I'm, quite I'm a, a big bit. fan. I mean, like you said, that uh, it does it does have that kind of punch, which I really kind of like, man. I, I, I like I like the heat. I like the um, you know there's a there's a stri- strong rye presence, which uh, which you get pretty instantly. And then of course it is that uh, you know you got you got the heat that comes with the 116 proof. So I'm very curious though, with all of this power that we're dealing with with this uh, with this rare breed yeah we, you know with a whiskey like this with all this power i'm kind of curious like what are you going to do with that you're going to you're going to balance it out you're going to try to lock it down you're going to try to to tame it out you're going to try to smooth it down are you trying to up the ante like where where will john david cole go <laughs> with this pipe tobacco pairing that's what i want to know well yeah and, it, and it's interesting one more note on the whiskey that kind of feeds into this you know i I typically don't, you know, the 101 proof, that's about where my comfort mm-hmm. level generally stops with whiskeys is, is somewhere around 100 proof. You know, I, you know, these these bombs, these flavor bombs that have come out, we uh, next door uh, last year at the at the store, they had this, uh, you know, kind of special edition Knob Creek that came out and they were all 119 yeah. proof and all this stuff. Just, you know, really, you know, powerful. So I, I generally don't get into that. Even 110 proof, it's just a little too strong for me. This is an exception. This is one of those things where the flavor really balances out the strength of it, um, and and it's just a very well-rounded uh, whiskey. It, it's it's a bourbon that, um, you know, it, it it has the power that's there and the 
heat that comes with that and the uh, the pleasant sting, the uh, you know medicinal flavor, but it also has a complexity to it that you get from uh, things like the uh, you know the kitchen spices and the uh, the the warm um, you know citrus flavor that's there. Some say the tobacco flavor that's there. It's just really mm. really flavorful to me. So it's it's pushing a lot of buttons. And um, if I sound like a fanboy, <laughs> I, I I might be guilty <laughs> of that. So I you know in essence, I really don't think this is one of those. Uh, bourbons that you want to complement with a similar flavor. This is something where the bourbon is, by definition, That's it's right. going to stand out on its own, and it really just needs to be kind of kind of buttressed. And uh, you know, if if you're just hell bent on enjoying your pipe uh, while smoking this uh, or while drinking this uh, this particular whiskey, you want to go with something uh, mild, something that's kind of creamy that can. Uh, augment a lot of those flavors, you know, maybe maybe round off some of the harder edges that that do happen to still be there, and um, and so today going with uh, going with a favorite, uh, at least a, a tobacco that we've sold for quite some time, and uh, from one of our favorite tobacco blenders here okay. in the United States, Cornell and Deal, and today we're uh, matching it with Green River Vanilla. Uh, Green River mm, vanilla. Okay, so this is kind of interesting because I was, I get like actually vanilla notes from yeah. the rare brew. Yeah, uh, and so I was curious if you were going to go in any kind of like you know sweetness or or something of that nature. Yeah. if there would also be uh, some vanilla and the and the. Yeah, I, I felt in this particular case, it's one of those um, you know bourbons where it's got it's got a lot going on and it's very strong. So you want something that's kind of simple relatively mild, something that's not going to have a, a superlative that just really sticks out and punches you in the face. Um, and, and so I thought an aromatic, a, a gentle aromatic would be uh, a good fit for this. And the vanilla does augment or, you know, kind of comp complement the, uh, you know, the vanilla notes that are already there. I didn't want to go with, when we think of aromatic tobaccos, you kind of have two camps, you know, you have the, uh, mm. the fruit camp where, you know, we think of like cherry, raspberry, uh, you know, uh, blueberry, blackberry, all that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, so you have the fruit side of the thing, and then then you have the the you know the baking uh, side of it. Uh, you know, things like your chocolate and caramel and vanilla, and uh, you know, and 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 conf- you know, so confectionery stuff like that, but also you know, rum right. flavors and and bourbon flavors and things of that nature, and and I wanted to lean into that a little bit just to give a little bit of that extra softness. A lot of the uh, you know fruit flavored aromatic tobaccos that we find tend to be kind of tart, and I just felt like this was not the bourbon to pair with with something that would be. Uh, relatively tart, so a, a good, mm, a good, mm. uh, solid vanilla. Of course, uh, you know Cornell and Deal always does a good job on their aromatics. Um, they say uh, burley from the Green River Valley of Kentucky, fire cured and expertly blended to be mild and smooth, flavored with an outstanding vanilla, and so uh, just real creamy and good. Uh, nice strength to it. You are going to get uh, a good amount of nicotine from that burley content, but um, but something that you know will be kind to your mouth, and uh, and you certainly need it with the uh, with the wild turkey rare breed. Yeah, anything to be kind to the mouth after like I know right <laughs> man it, it, it is so good it, it's just surprising you know again I, I'm always uh you know it, even I I even stun myself at how much sometimes I, I enjoy it so you're really uh really tasty <laughs> all right good pairing man 
All right, so I, I find it interesting. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, you know, obviously, we kind of led in with the whole turkey connection here. So why, why not call a duck a duck, or in this case, a turkey a turkey, and go with the, the wild turkey rare breed? Yeah. Uh, however, the second bourbon that we're doing today is also a wild turkey product. However, if I'm being totally honest, man, before this episode kind of came together, I don't think I ever realized that Russell Reserve is actually from Wild Turkey, and I feel like an idiot, yeah, for not knowing that. No, but, that's yeah. right. I, I wasn't going to tattle on you, you know, going into the uh, going into the show, but um, had to yeah. confess, man. I'm, I'm glad you came clean. Our our, uh, our devoted listeners would have sniffed it out anyway. You can re- <laughs> just say so many hail marys and or so many, you know. Uh, John Calvin's and you'll be fine. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Russell's Reserve, uh, made of course by uh, Wild Turkey, and um, you know the uh, it, it's a family product. You know this is something where they were looking to diversify uh, some of their lines, and you know and and so came out with uh, you know some of this excellent. Uh, whiskey, um, you know, that just has a kind of a different grade, you know. Of course, you have the uh, Wild Turkey, which is a, kind of an entry-level product, the Rare Breed, which is a little more premium product, and, and Russell's Reserve 10-year, um, which we're drinking today, which kind of kind of sits in the middle, you know. It's kind of a uh, kind of kind of in that middle middle vein. Oh, man. Okay, so I got to be honest. I'm trying to down this um, Rare Breed to make room for the Russell's. And make all right, so hang on, let me let me crack this open. Of course, uh, before before opening it, um, you know, you mentioned of course Russell's Family Reserve, um, and this has Jimmy Russell's name uh, as well as uh, Eddie Russell as well, literally written right there on the bottle. Whereas the uh, rare breed is much more simple, simplistic in its kind of presentation. Russell's, I mean, it's it's got text all over the place. They've got their story written right here, um, uh, right on on the top. Um, you know, Russell's, again, is is named after specifically Jimmy Russell. And Jimmy Russell, you know, they say if there was ever going to be a Mount Rushmore of bourbon, uh, Jimmy Russell would be right up there with it. He actually started with the company at a very, very young age and early on. And um, over over the years has actually uh, become quite a powerhouse. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm <laughs> like I said, I, I, I don't mean any disrespect to Wild Turkey, but I have never considered Russell's a wild turkey bourbon <laughs> because I, I, I kind of like Russell's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it pulled a, it hoodwinked you. Yeah. It kind of uh, snuck in there like that. And, right. and, you know, probably part of their marketing uh, for this was trying to capitalize on that, trying mm-hmm. to come out with more of a, a little more premium uh, looking of a product that, uh, you know, would would make uh, someone think again before they picked, uh, you know, wild turkey off. They the, they tricked the me. Shelf. That's what it is, man. They're exactly right. They this this is a product that is built specifically for me in terms for you. of me yeah. as a uh, <laughs> yeah as a customer tier who would be kind of turn the nose up at the concept of wild turkey. Uh, but but so you got me, you got me, Jimmy. Uh, yep, <laughs> you got me. All right. Um, well. Yeah, of course, it's a good one. Yeah, go ahead. It, it it is a really good one, and and it's a a, a whiskey that uh, you know you would think going into this uh, coming from a lot of the same uh, you know product base as the wild turkey that these would be very similar tasting uh, whiskeys, and and they do have similarities. They are there, but there the, there are dramatic differences here uh, between the two, and uh, and something that's just not uh, incredibly apparent until you. 
um, until you try two kinds of whiskeys that are that are similar to this. Um, the Russell's is is interesting. Like you said, uh, it's got uh, just a lot of text on the bottle. It says more than ninety years. That's the combined tenure of master distillers Jimmy and his son Eddie Russell. They hand selected barrels after at least ten years of aging, resulting in a bourbon that delivers a balance of rich, spicy vanilla flavors. Their experience. Uh, guarantees yours and so uh it is 10 year old this is a this is a milder uh whiskey it is a 90 proof whiskey and so we're talking uh you know a pretty dramatic difference there in the in the strength uh certainly you you get that directly from you know smelling it before you uh even consume the the alcohol it's just uh, much more um, much milder, uh, not 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 nearly that uh, sharp medicinal uh, burn on your nose that uh, you know immediately lets you know you're drinking, uh, you know something that you could uh, you know clean a you know road tar with. Right, right. <laughs> this one's not trying to kill you. It's not. It's not. And uh, man, the the Buddha of bourbon, as uh, as some refer to Jimmy Russell as, you know, he uh, it has done a good job here of making something that's that's uh, premium, but also very approachable and not too. Uh, you know, doesn't box you into to one type of bourbon or another. So um, really good product. That's right, man. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, have a sip. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Now, normally about this time in the Squire Select, I say, what a gear change. And as you've already pointed out, it seems almost bizarre to say that about two products from the same, uh, same distillery, yeah. the same manufacturer. But I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, man, what a gear change. This is a, what a smooth, gear smooth, smooth bourbon. Um, and and it's and it's sweet. This is a sweet whiskey. It, it you know to to the you know nuanced palate, you immediately get a uh, you know just a, a rush of uh, that black cherry that mm-hmm. kind of comes forward. It's very very apparent. Um, you know, it's just a it's a sweeter product, and and because of those flavors uh, and also the lower alcohol content, you get to experience that a little more. Those kind of come to the forefront some more. Uh, that where they where they don't really in the uh, in the rare breed, you get more of those baking spices and and all that stuff. But the with the Russell's Reserve, it's just a very it's a very fruity experience. It really is. Yeah. It's uh it's it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Russell's Reserve has always been kind of a uh, like a like a backup in our house. Uh, you know if they if the if the shop yeah. was out of uh, of uh, you know Buffalo Trace, Rus- Russell's Reserve is kind of the the go <laughs> the go to. Yeah, the which is interesting because a lot of people actually compare the two mm-hmm. to some degree. There's with some of those uh, some of those flavors that are that are sweet. And when we t- when we say sweet, I, I do say I do mean sweet. I mean it, there is a that black cherry that really rushes up front. But we're not talking a like a candied sickly sweet. You know, I mean this is not something that is uh, is cloying or anything. It's a it's a pleasant sweetness for a uh, for a bourbon fan. That's right. And uh, and so I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it if you're a you know a fan of uh, you know more nuanced uh, more nuanced whiskeys. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so now this is this changes the game a little bit because before you wanted to make sure that you know the the tobacco wasn't like competing with um, the kind of the intensity of the bourbon. With this one being a lot smoother, a lot sweeter, um, more of a sippable type of bourbon. That's uh, yeah, you know, you're, you know it, it it you know it's it, yeah. What do I say this? If you said for the last one, like the last one, like you know it's it's like a workhorse, right? You're you, it's it's come to do the work. This one's come to lounge a little bit. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what pipe tobacco are you pairing with this one? Yeah, I felt like this one needed a, a little more, uh, a little more oomph. You know, we needed to kind of, kind of, you know, 
supp supply the experience a, a little more with some strength. And so uh, today we're going with a, a very smooth tobacco, something that is wildly popular right now and um, has been, um, you know, for the past uh, year or so as it uh, came on the market. And we're talking about Sutliff's Crumble Cake English Number no. 1. Ooh, interesting. Uh, a okay. great, great English tobacco. It's a uh, one of their Crumble Cake series that they came out with uh, about a year ago. They have uh, three different uh, blends. They have a Virginia Perique, a Red Virginia, and the English Number 1, which is just a really... Uh, really, really good uh, English blend. It's something that uh, is super smooth, but brings forward a lot of that nice, rich smokiness that you would, um, you know, expect from a uh, Virginia Ford uh, English blend that has been pressed. You know, something that is going to bring out a lot of that uh, the su the subtlety with age and and pressure and and heat. Mm. So. Uh, from Sutliff, they say an age-old crumble cake consisting of mature Red Virginias, Latakia, Burley, and Oriental tobaccos. A true Balkan-style blend for any English smoker. And uh, comes in a 1.5-ounce tin. Uh, the tin, actually, you know, last week, Bo, we talked about... Was it last week or week before? I, I can't think remember. it was we last talked week, about yeah. the. Yeah, the, the, the new limited edition crumble cake from uh, Sutliff, the number one uh, barrel uh, with the apple brandy barrel that they did that was that was good. But, um, you know, this is from that same series uh, that, and so has similar artwork here to the tin and, uh, you know, very much kind of uh, plays on the simplicity of it. But, um, but you know, a, a great tobacco, something that, uh, you know, it, it is a crumble cake, so, you know, it's not quite as intimidating as a flake tobacco. It's something that, uh, you know, if you're, uh, you know, maybe an aromatic smoker and you're looking for kind of that next step, uh, you know, this would be a very approachable tobacco for you to uh, to try. You know, something that uh, is easy to prepare, um, you know, is, is ready to light almost right out of the gate and, um, you know, stays lit easily and, and, and you know, of course, tastes really mm. good. And it's going to bring more of that smoky flavor, some of the, um, you know, the mustiness that comes from so, so from those Orientals, I think, really, uh, you know, is going to complement the Russell's Reserve well. Uh, Russell's Reserve, again, this is, a, you know, whiskey that might kind of fit that same niche. You know, if you're a, a low-end bourbon drinker or someone that wants, uh, you know, it, to maybe step up their game a little bit and try something in a, a, a different level that's, uh, you know, still approachable and flavorful mm. and, uh, and, and you know, it's still enjoyable on, you know, an ice or maybe your favorite mixed drink or something like that. Um, you know, Russell's Reserve uh, tenure is going to be that whiskey. It's, it's just really good and something that, um, you know, is, is not uh, going to offend the senses. So, um, you know, I think the English number one crumble cake, it's, it's loved by, uh, you know, English blend, English blend lovers, English blend smokers, but, uh, but it's also an approachable English blend. It's something that's, uh, that's just very, uh, very pleasing. Oh, man, that's, uh, all right. Well, there you go. Have you been, have you kind of been like on a crumble cake bent lately? Like, it seems like. <laughs> it seems to be, huh? Yeah. I mean, not, you know, to be honest, not really. I mean, I, you know, smoke, uh, uh, a lot of lot of ribbon lately, it seems like, but um, but yeah, it, we've talked to you know more and more about crumble cake of late, and uh, even last week, you know, had a uh, had a flake tobacco, had a uh, crumble cake tobacco. So um, yeah, I don't know. You just um, you get in these ruts, I guess. <laughs> hey, fair <laughs> enough, man. Keep doing it if it means good recommendations. So uh, fantastic pairing as always. And yeah. Yeah. Do you know why they call it wild turkey? Uh, yes, actually, I do. But why don't you? Uh, why don't you uh, enlighten? You know what? Actually, <laughs> it would be a lot better if I pretended like I didn't, didn't it? Uh, n n no, I no, John <laughs> David. Why? Why? Why do they call it wild turkey? Well, my my understanding, Bo, is that uh, you know they uh, he was working on this whiskey. This is uh, you know hundred years ago, and and they went on a turkey hunt, and he brought some of this 
um, you know, whiskey as a sample with him and his uh, hunting buddies. And, uh, you know, they like this whiskey so much on the uh, on the hunt that they, uh, going forward, had asked for, uh, hey, do you have any of that, that wild turkey bourbon that, that you brought that time? You know, you got any of that, that stuff we, uh, you know, drank while we were hunting wild turkeys? And, um, and so that's where the name came from. Kind of interesting. And that was back in the 1940s. That's exactly right. And uh, prohibition and just kind of the, the legalities of, of getting – um, whiskey from from one side of the country to the other really uh, created a, a unique opportunity for uh, for for the founders there and um, yeah it's that uh, it is that connection with uh, with that original wild turkey hunt and as I understand it the the organization the business has actually been uh, a big supporter of kind of the the wild turkey community and I don't mean like fans of their their drinks but like you know wild turkey hunters and, uh, <laughs> and such so yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, they've got it. They've got a, a great, great little story there, and you know you love to see it from a, a brand and a, a company that's been around for so long and has made products that are beloved by many, even people that didn't realize they were uh, loving and enjoying wild turkey products. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. They actually, and by the way, the company, uh, the you know brand, there's a there's an overarching brand that owns this distillery, and it, it also is a liquor company that makes um, you know a, a variety of different liqueurs and uh, vodkas and and things like that. The Campari Group. So um, anyway, just kind of kind of interesting. There's a, a real pedigree here of uh, of premium uh, alcohols that um, you know run all through the. So family. you know, in kind of preparation for this episode, kind of learning a little bit about Jimmy, um, you know, and, and hearing kind of this, this constantly brought up that, uh, you know, he, he, if there was a Mount Rushmore for bourbon, he would be on it. But it got me to thinking, man, you know, about like this idea of like the Mount Rushmore for, for pipe tobacco or pipe smoking or pipe carving. And I'm not saying we do that right now. And, you know, maybe this is yeah. like a series for next year, but I think that like we might either need to make a special episode or maybe a few special episodes kind of figuring out who would be on the Mount Rushmore. And while I don't know, and I'd, I'd love to hear some thoughts, maybe it could be a combination of, you know, uh, listener recommendations and then also just, you know, your, your expertise in the industry. I, I think I could safely say when it comes to the Mount Rushmore for pipe carving or pipe manufacturing, uh, it, it, like Phil Morgan would be up there, would he not? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Of course, he, um, you know, is at the helm of uh, America's most famous pipe brand, and of course, that's Missouri Meerschaum. Uh, Missouri Meerschaum has been in business for over 150 years and produces some uh, fantastic pipes and are legends in their own right. Um, and uh, today, we're actually going to talk about the Country Gentleman Pipe, which uh, Jimmy Russell and uh, his whole family, of course, would identify as, and um, and and Phil Morgan, for that matter. He's a Absolutely. he's a cosmopolitan country gentlemen but i think he classy classy that's right <laughs> the country gentleman corncob pipe from missouri meersham is the most popular design in our series of larger filtered pipes uh, it has a large barrel shaped bowl with a dark stain added to the coating giving this pipe a unique and distinctive experience uh, of course with the hardwood insert in the bottom of the bowl uh, it's just a very high quality pipe and uh, will last a long time and uh, give you years and years of enjoyment if you take good care of it so um, and these pipes are uh, just excellent, and of course, we believe them and stand by them and, and smoke them. Um, so uh, check it out. You can get it at the source at corncobpipe.com. Uh, the Country Gentleman retails for only $13.29, and it comes in a straight and a bent variety. So uh, check it out, and um, man, we know you'll enjoy it. Absolutely, and if you happen to have one, be sure to smoke it this week to uh, get the good folks know it. Missouri Mirsham know you appreciate them for sponsoring this show. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. question of the week. All right, ma'am. Pipe question of the week. All right, now I know that like, you know, Lately, I've been kind of tossing pipe questions your way. And, we, and we've gotten some pipe questions in and want to continue to encourage folks to send pipe questions along the way. But, I mean, like, you know, if I'm being totally honest, <laughs> like, you know, this whole entire podcast, what, ten, almost 10 years ago was based on me trying to get answers on pipe tobacco from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, you know, now I think you could answer a few of your own pipe questions. Well, maybe, maybe so a few. Good stuff. You know, the great thing is I'm, I'm the eternal <laughs> student. And, uh, you know, that hopefully that, that adds value to especially kind of our, we all should our be. newer yep. listeners. <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right. So here's my pipe question for you, though, because, I mean, like, you know, lately we're, you know, <laughs> We did, I think, um, earlier this year, an episode kind of, uh, you know, use, using your quarantine, not not wasting your quarantine and, uh, and you know, how to make sure that you're taking care of your pipes and, you know, what you can be doing with this additional time that you have with your pipes and that sort of thing. Yeah. All right. So let, let, let me preface it by asking a question. OK, let me let me try to try to start it here. OK, you're going to preface your question with a question. With a question. That's right. Uh, OK. Have, have <laughs> you ever or are you familiar with the idea of like picking up a pipe and it's been so long and and of course you take good care of your pipes, but 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 yeah. But maybe you look at this, you're like, you know, I I don't know that I took good care of this before I I put it up, <laughs> and or maybe it's been up so long that it's just kind of kind of dusty or it filthy. might be a little dusty, <laughs> might be a little dusty. So so I guess here's my, how do you know when a pipe is should not be smoked without doing something to it, and what is that something to do to it? What I'm saying is. <laughs> You know, when 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 the dust has settled on an older pipe that you want to reintroduce into your rotation, how do you prepare that pipe? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, you know, a lot of times you, you can, you know, uh, obviously, you know, the, the tip off for this is that you are smoking your pipe and that it just starts to taste sour mm. or, or maybe you're having trouble fitting tobacco into the bowl because there's too much cake or the cake is uneven and, and, you know, it. therefore it, uh, uh, <laughs> or there's something gr- ne- something nested in your pipe, you know, <laughs> uh, which I've actually seen before, not from what? one of my own pipes. But, what? Um, yeah, I, we get all kinds of pipes coming in the shop for folks to uh, have us restore and and clean them and um man i i have seen um you know wasp and hornet nets inside of of pipes i've seen uh you know all kinds of uh, mud from where pipes were uh, submerged underwater for a period of time i've seen (laughs) i've seen it all um you know so i mean there there are some obvious uh obvious notes here uh you know things that um that could kind of tip you off but um yeah you know generally uh you know if if you're skeptical the first thing to do of course is to run a pipe cleaner through your pipe and see to see what comes out <laughs> that'll that'll give you a a, a good starting uh, line there to uh, run your pipe cleaner through your pipe, and if it's obstructed at all, uh, then you do need to spend some time cleaning it. If your if your pipe cleaner will run through your pipe, the shank and the stem easily, uh, then there's a and 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 comes out dry where there's no kind of debris or 
you know, any kind of carbon buildup or, or gunk or, you know, dottle uh, on there. I think that, that, you know, that's a pretty good indication that, okay, load your pipe up and smoke it, you know. But um, and, and also, if the pipe has been sitting there a while and it hasn't been stored in a drawer, uh, it might be a good idea as well to, uh, to swab out the inside of the bowl mm, okay. uh, before you load your yeah. pipe, just to make sure, you know, because dust does, does settle inside pipe bowls, especially... Um, you know, those of us uh, like myself that like to display their pipes and, uh, you know, have a nice collection of them and also can see them so they uh, remember what pipes they have and all that kind of stuff. Well, what that leads to is, you know, dust settling on the inside of your pipe and also oxidation of your stems. And, um, you know, and so the uh, the pipes can start to look a little funky. And then, of course, you know, with dust settling in there, you don't want to uh, get any foreign substances other than tobacco in your pipe. So, um, so yeah, clean the inside of the bowl, clean the inside side of the uh, the stem and the shank and when I say clean just just uh, rub a cleaner through there and if anything comes out that looks foreign or uh, questionable then then it might be time for a good deep clean and and at that point you know maybe use uh, some grain alcohol uh, even your favorite whiskey uh, maybe some Russell's reserve or something maybe some of that rare, nature. Breed, and, rare breed I think um, that'd probably clean it. <laughs> maybe some rare breed that would that would clean it out that that would that there would be nothing nested in that no turkeys nested in that uh, in that right, in that pipe right. after that so um, yeah but yeah, good question, man. Uh, you know, this happened to me recently. Of course, no. uh, you know, if you've uh, well, if if you've been listening to the show, you know, last few weeks, you know that uh, that I recently moved. Right. We got into a new house, and uh, I had packed up a, a significant portion of my pipe collection a little while back, and um, you, you know, it kind of neglected some of those pipes, and so got back to them. And once I was unpacking them and uh, kind of getting in them in their appropriate places at the new. Uh, house, you know, just, um, it, yeah, I found that a couple were uh, needing a little a little extra love, maybe because they'd been sitting on the shelf too long kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, swab them out really good and uh, scrub them up and, and uh, put them back in the rotation, man, because they need to be smoked. Pipes are meant to be smoked, not to be displayed, but to be smoked. <laughs> or in my case, Let, let it be a lesson to all of us. <laughs> Even John David abuses his pipes. That's <laughs> no, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Hey, like I said, I know, look, y'all are ready. We're going to get back to y'all's pipe questions of the week. That is show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions! Ow! All right, man. These are, these are some quick fire questions that are definitely going to make our uh, pipe smoking ministers happy. Uh, these are coming in from listener Eric. Are you ready, sir? I I bet I know who this is that's that's writing this in. And um, uh, man, Eric, you, you sure know how to kick the ant bed. <laughs> is that is that what he, you know? It's it's always interesting because you know I I'm I'm at that um I'm at that stage where I don't care. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to no, fight anybody good. over that. That's good. I, I think you know you we we should all get there at some point. Uh, you just you know gotten higher on the crotchety meter than uh, than I have at this point in life. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, all right, here we go. All right, uh, Calvinism or Arminianism? I'm going to go with Calvinism. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to explain myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't have to. You were predestined to answer it. Uh, (laughs) That's the the great thing. And if they get mad, well, they were predestined to get mad about it as well. And they're like, well, but I chose to get mad. I was like, no, did you? You, you, you're predestined <laughs> to think you did. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, man. Yeah, that's I'm ridiculous. A, I'm yep. a Calvinist, but I'm not a jerk about it. Uh, that, that's what I, I want it, on my tombstone. I hope if they put anything, maybe they'll put that. Like, you know, he was. <laughs> 
He was he was a Calvinist, but he wasn't a jerk about it. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't like make it a thing. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, right. Maybe he did. Maybe he did for a couple of years, like late in college. But then, but then he was he was fine. He, he yeah, you outgrow it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's called uh, sanctification. That's right. <laughs> Believers' baptism or infant baptism? I'm a I'm a paedo Baptist. I'm a I'm an infant Baptist guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly understand. Uh, believers baptism have a lot of friends that you know are in that camp but uh but i'm a i'm an infant guy you know it's interesting i am as well um and i you know i bet no problem you know if somebody wants to if you if you want to dunk instead of sprinkle no no worries that's fine but uh but no it's it's interesting because um in our in our uh i'm in an EP, epc church now and there's a lot of you know we have a lot of folks from different kind of denominational backgrounds that kind of you know, came yeah, to this particular yeah. church. And it's an interesting experience for me to be in a minority as somebody who believes in infant baptism. It's interesting, man, because it's, uh, I, I'm not used to growing up in the PCA. I'm just not used to a situation where like, like most of the people are not like a hundred percent behind infant baptism. So that's, it's, yeah, it's always, I mean, I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. I get that. Like, honestly, that, that we, we take the, the weirder of the two, although I think that is very much biblically justified, but um, anyway, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, with the other one. yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> hymns or praise songs? Give me a hymn book, man. It, you know, ten times out of ten, I, I mean, you know, the occasional praise song can be, uh, you know, an enjoyable experience. And of course, uh, you know, the goal is is not necessarily my enjoyment, but what you're accomplishing. Right, and, exactly. um, but yeah, I, I love I love a hymn book. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm both uh, both and uh, I'm a hundred percent both and. I think they both kind of serve a, a they they both kind of do kind of different things, but I think both of those things are good. Um, and I think they yeah. they both have a place there. Yeah, that's um, fair. yeah. I, I I knew you were gonna say hymns though, being uh, <laughs> you got that old church thing going on, so I knew about yeah, that. Yeah, man. The higher uh, the better. <laughs> <laughs> uh dispensationalism or covenantalism? I'm a covenant guy. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Uh and again, you know, um I don't I'm not gonna defend myself, but I but I am a covenant guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is neither the time nor the place, but yeah, Eric asked exactly. these questions and and we're going to answer them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I mean, like so far, we're pretty much fairly fairly aligned uh, on on pretty much all of these, which is not not surprising given our backgrounds. But yeah, now I'm in covenantalism as well. Uh, and then finally, Martin Luther or uh, John Calvin. Well, this is where you and I might differ. I'm I love Martin Luther. I, of course, I love I love both these guys. They had uh, you know profound impacts on the history of. Uh, you know our our faith uh, in particular, but um, man, Martin Luther, he was just he was just crazy and and awesome, <laughs> and I love reading about him. And uh, man, what a personality, what a force, and um, how quotable this guy was. I mean, just really uh, courageous in a lot of ways. Not to take anything away from John Calvin, because uh, you know certainly I identify a lot with him and uh, a lot of his work as well. But uh, man, I, I love Martin Luther. I, I'm we're a hundred percent, man. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, obvious I'm, I am a Calvinist, but at the same time, no, are you kidding me? Look, Martin Luther, uh, and this is obviously no disrespect to our, our Catholic listeners and everything. I got a lot of, a lot of my family's Catholic. Um, but, uh, but man, you, you want to talk about like challenging the establishment, the understanding performance-based activism and like, you know, getting a message across. Come on, man. We need to go Nail back it to, to the wall, baby. We need to go back to nailing <laughs> stuff on doors. I've said that for, for years now, <laughs> but that's a whole other thing. But no, yeah, yeah, man. Martin Martin Luther is uh, absolutely, yeah. I'm uh, and yeah, no no disrespect to John Calvin at all. As I said, I'm a Calvinist, but um, yeah, yeah. No, we fair enough. We, we're a hundred percent. So Eric, I don't know what, what your intention was, but we were a hundred percent behind almost everything. <laughs> so there you go. 
His intent was probably that a lot of our listeners will not be a hundred percent behind I any know. of this, and so and so we'll expect lots of feedback on that, and that's that's fantastic. A lot of people will rightly not even know what any of this not, is, yeah, because exactly. They have exactly. no clue, and so and that's also very a respectable place to be, and you know we'd love to you know dive in there with you as well. Yeah, that's 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 hilarious, uh, and no, it's a good primer for our uh, pipe smoking minister, which we have gotten some good stories on too. So that uh, yeah, good. That, that should make for an interesting episode when we get there. But Eric, thanks for this, and he's got even more for us, so that'll be fun. Uh, so <laughs> stay tuned for that. And if you've got some quick-fire questions, be sure to uh, send them into the show, show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. Uh, man, we got some listener feedback in from Cole. Uh, Cole writes in and says, uh, how the Country Squire Radio... Uh, ministered to my heart this morning. Uh, Bo and John David, I want to thank you guys for the wonderful and delightful podcast and the community you've built through pi- both the podcast and Pipe Shop. I was driving to work this morning listening to a past episode of the podcast, and I nearly started weeping because I felt seen, heard, and loved by you two. I, I'll spare you the details, but I want you to know that in, th- in this year, which has been so isolating and divisive and full of nastiness all around, I almost had to pull my car over because I suddenly felt that there was at least one place in this great big world, one little shop in Jackson, Mississippi, where I could be safe, where I could take my mask off, be seen and loved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The work that you do to spread the kingdom joy is invaluable. And again, that is coming from listener Cole. So, man, very heartfelt uh, feedback there. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm um, beaming from ear to ear. I'm man. guessing this is, is your so... mom, right? Cole. This I know, is right? Yeah. No, <laughs> Mrs. Cole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Mama always did have nice things to say about me. She yeah, did. Only nice things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it still does. No, man. It's so, um, man, it's so kind. And uh, Cole, that's that's incredibly thoughtful. So, thank you. Uh, and, and, man, we're just glad to. Um, to be a little part of your experience and um, and and yeah, hope um, hope that that continues. Absolutely, Thank you, man. absolutely, very kind. Well, hey, we love getting the feedback in the questions, the quick fire questions, and all that kind of great stuff uh, into the show. As I mentioned just a moment ago, show at countrysquireradio.com is the place to send it in. You can also keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore countrysquire. Uh, also, you can follow the show handle at Squire Radio and find information like that and more, including how to nominate your best of choices for 2020 over at countrysquireradio.com well john david man i i think maybe this rare breed has has maybe done is it working on you it's maybe done its thing (laughs) it's working on you yeah i i I noticed uh, just just a little hint there as we kind of stumbled through the episode there maybe a little slurred speech yeah uh, hopefully nobody ever goes back and like makes a compilation (laughs) of like all the all the all the like last five minutes of every single squire every squire select episode (laughs) (laughs) what a disaster yeah great that was good man i look forward to enjoying this bottle it's a, a real treat absolutely man well hey let's go have a day see you brother
special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.